0: God meets us where we're at. Here's Pastor Ed Ray with more. God is God of the storms. He will meet
1: you in your storm. There is no storm, there is no sickness, there is no accident. There is no financial problem that is bigger than God. He shows up and he says, "Do not be afraid. I am
0: Whatever you need. on I'm filled with hands and in this place gotta dwell with man. Sick field and the cripples dancing hallelujah My kingdom built with the blood of my son. Selfless sacrifice for everyone. Faith, hope, love and harmony. I say, let this world know me by your love. I go to church. I'm a good person, and I obey the Ten Commandments. Those are the statements frequently given in answer to the question, Are you going to heaven when you die? But is that what it really takes? Well, today on Grow in Grace, Pastor Ed Ray shows us that salvation is completely a work of God. We're currently traveling through John, and today we visit chapter 6. Remember, Jesus has just fed nearly 15,000 people with just five loaves and two fish. But as we're about to see, he can not only meet our physical needs like this, but he can meet our spiritual needs too. Here's Pastor Ed.
1: Jesus wasn't with them, it seemed, but he was right there. In fact, he was up on the hill watching, praying for them. What might he have been praying? Peter is a problem, Father. Can you fix him? How about John's really young. He's a teenager. I need help, Father. Andrew keeps bringing people to me. Bless him. It's a full moon. It's Passover time. Lunar calendar. It's easy to see. Jesus is watching them as they go into the storm. That seems kind of cruel. (laughs) No, no. He planned the storm. How are you doing? What kind of storm are you in? The storm's gathering. The sea arose because a great wind blew. Now, the Sea of Galilee is in a deep valley. It's about 700, almost 700 feet below sea level. And Mount Hermon is almost 10,000 feet just up from it. And it is very much like the Cajon Pass. We call them San Anas, right? They come whipping through here almost 180 miles an hour. They measure out and back before we put those covers over the amphitheater. It's it's very common to get 80 mile an hour winds here. Same thing happens in Israel. It comes both off the Mediterranean and down from this Mount Hermon, and it blows across the scene. It turns it into a cauldron, waves, huge waves. The wind blew, even though they were doing what they were supposed to, even though they were in complete obedience now they're heading west and the wind is coming from the west right into their faces so they have to take the sail down it's about a 30 foot long boat we've found a, one that was in the mud from the first century on the sea of galilee and it's got spaces for the oarsmen got a oar in the back and a single mast. they had to take the sail down because the wind's blowing them in the wrong direction so they're rowing to go wet, so they're, headed, they're facing east, looking, and that's important. One hour, they're exhausted. Two hours, they're getting blisters. Three hours, the blisters have all popped. Four hours, no sign of Jesus. The winds are raging. Five hours. Midnight, the boat is being thrown to and fro. They're thinking, he fed 5,000 men, and he has forgotten us. Jesus, where are you? How are you doing in your storm? You ever ask God that in a storm? I have. God, where are you? Have you forgotten? Verse 19. So when they had rode about three or four miles, now, the Sea of Galilee is seven miles wide. Do the math, they're right in the middle. <laughs> Stuck in the middle, too far to go back, can't go forward, the wind's blowing too hard. And as they're looking this way, because they're rowing, all of a sudden somebody says, what was that? <laughs> he just was what? What was what? <laughs> he said, I think I saw a ghost. Now, that's what Mark says, they thought they saw a phantom, okay, a spiritual being, some old sailor that had drowned on the Sea of Galilee. They see somebody, the lightning flashes, and all of a sudden Jesus is lit up and they're they're freaked out. They're screaming like 10-year-old little girls at a slumber party. Screaming. Ah! They see Jesus walking on the water. What, John? They saw Jesus walking on the sea. Could we have a little more explanation, please? (laughs) How about, you know, give us the physics or something here. How is he walking? What's the science? Can you walk on water? Show of hands. Well, junior hires say you can walk on water. We had a group of put a bunch of custard in a small swimming pool, and this is a non Newtonian fluid so that you could walk on it. Set up custard, jello, right? Okay. Jesus didn't have any jello with him. So, Others might say, well, if you are walking on rocks that are just underneath the surface, somebody wrote that book about Jesus balancing on the rocks that were just beneath the water and the disciples couldn't see that he was walking on the rocks. So Peter got out of the boat, slipped off a rock and almost drowned. I don't think so. How how about, I'm going to call the sky up. You know, we're on the radio all over. So this guy's name is Dorr and he's the professor of oceanography, Doron North at Florida State University. I hope you're listening, doctor. He said that Jesus was walking on blocks of ice. He's never been to Israel, obviously. (laughs) It's pretty hot on the Sea of Galilee, and Jesus is good at balancing, but I don't think so. Others might say that, well, if you run fast enough, And sure enough, if you can run 30 meters per second, like that gecko, you can walk on water. The only trouble is 30 meters per second is about three times faster than the fastest human on the planet. And so we're still waiting for somebody to run on water like that. Or maybe you've got eight legs and you have a lot of hair on the end of your legs and the surface tension will hold you up. None of you look like you have eight legs. I don't think anybody here qualifies. Let's say water bug, water flea, wharf bugs float on the top of the water. Jesus is not a wharf bug. So, if you can't run that fast, if you're not balancing on ice cubes or rocks, and you're should be thinking, what happened? Leonardo da Vinci, men have been struggling with this for 2,000 years. Leonardo da Vinci, right? Sculptor, artist, amazing guy, inventor, invented the helicopter. He was bothered by this verse that Jesus walked on water. Jesus walking on the sea, so he designed some shoes. That's literally his drawing of trying to understand how Jesus could walk on water. Maybe he had pontoon shoes on. No. All these explanations that people struggle to find is because they won't accept the reality that God visited planet Earth. And that he was the God of all of science, of natural law. It's not a law to him. So, lizards and geckos and wharf spiders and things that walk on top of the water, are affected by waves. So when I get to heaven, I wanna check out this DVD, because I wanna know if Jesus had to walk up the wave and then slid down the other side. These are important things for a scientist to understand. But <laughs> doesn't bother you, I'm jealous. They were afraid, it says. They supposed he was a ghost. So they're screaming. And Jesus said to his mighty 12 disciples, it is me, Emi in the Greek language, which is I am, which is what he said to Moses at the burning bush. Moses said, who, who do I tell Pharaoh sent me? And he said, I am. What? I am. I am anything you need. I'm your savior. I'm your healer. I'm your God. I'm your friend, I'm your deliverer, I'm your strong tower, I'm the bright morning star. I'm your comforter, I'm your everlasting father. He is wanting to encourage them, don't be afraid, because he's able to take care of anything. Fear and faith are mutually exclusive. If you let fear overtake you, then you won't have faith. I was in a storm way back in the mid-70s. Pastor Greg's wife, Jen, is my daughter. And she was less than three-year-old, not quite three at the time that this happened. And we were working with a man called Brother Andrew. Some of you might know him as God's smuggler. If you never read that book, you need to get it but he was helping us to take Bibles into the place that's in the news every day now, Kyiv. Now they call it Kyiv, part of, at that time, the Soviet Union. Today it is Ukraine. And we had several hundred Bibles hidden in every nook and cranny in a Volkswagen van. Our little family was driving into Russia, and we got there because of some car problems after dark. Dark always amplifies fear. And so, when we got to the border, there were several cars in front of us, and we watched them take the cars apart in front of us. I mean, they even pulled the carpets out of the trunk of the cars in front of us and all laid it out on the ground beside and the people are standing there freaked out haven't given your passport to them. If they don't give it back, you're in deep trouble. <laughs> you got nowhere to go. And so they're looking for contraband mostly, but also Bibles, of which we had about 600 in a Volkswagen van. You can't hide them really good when you get past about five. <laughs> And so in the back of the Volkswagen bus is my daughter, less than three, and Raylan and I are in the front. We pull up after they've taken this car apart, and the guard walks over with an automatic weapon, and it slips off her, yes, her shoulder, and knocks on the side of the door like I was going to complain about the pain or something. And she said, let me see your passports. I would give her passports. And she said, now open the back. She was not happy. I was... Freaked out. Probably the most fearful I'd ever been in my life. I'm trying to protect my family. Get out. Walk around. Open the back up. And she's asleep, but she's under some blankets. Laying on top of all these Bibles. And the guard is going, feeling around. And she touched her. And she freaked. Ah! Threw her arms up. And Jen rolled over and cried a little bit. I've never thanked her for that, thank you. Because said, so freaked out, the guards, she said, close the door, you need to get out of here, go on, go on. God is God of the storms. He will meet you in your storm. There is no storm, there is no sickness, there is no accident, there is no financial problem that is bigger than God. He shows up and he says, do not be afraid. I am whatever you need.
0: You're listening to Pastor Ed Ray on Grow in Grace. And we're in John chapter 6 today. As we get back into the message, we will rejoin Pastor Ed in verse 21 then it says
1: in verse 21 they willingly received him (laughs) i'll bet how willingly in a second and then it says immediately the ship was at the land what they were three miles uh, away from the shore Suddenly, they showed up at Capernaum, right where they were, did it hydroplane over? (laughs) See, that's why you need the DVD. When you get to heaven, check it out if you get there before I do and tell me. So, supernaturally, they arrive at just the right place. Then, the next day, so that's all we get. We don't get any other understanding. The people who stood on the side of the sea that watched them get in the boat, saw Jesus did not get in the boat and so they're looking for him up around Bethsaida which would be on the east side of the lake and they can't find him they're very confused hey where is he other boats came up from the other side of the lake Tiberias which is on the western side Near the place where they ate bread after the Lord had given them thanks. So John is tying in the bread that these people had eaten with the walking on water story. Jesus had passed out a free dinner, free lunch. And when the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they got into the boats and they came to Capernaum, this little fishing village where was their headquarters. Seeking Jesus. They're looking for him. And when they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, teacher, when did you come here? How in the world did you get here? It's like you walked on water or something. (laughs) Yeah, kind of. Verse 26. But Jesus answered and he said, Truly, truly, I say to you, you seek me not because you saw the miracles, but because you did eat of the loaves and were filled. Because you wanted bread you're looking for a bread king and again that's the thought of caesar's in the roman empire they give you bread so they were looking for physical prosperity what they're looking for material things from god that was all they were looking for not a relationship with him The byproduct of a relationship with God is that he does bless your life, but the prime product is a relationship with him. You get those backwards, you miss the whole thing. I mean, there's guys all over Christian TV saying, God just wants you to be wealthy. He will bless your life. You serve him, he's a debtor to no person. You serve him and he will bless your life, no question. But if you serve him to get, the blessing, you get it all upside down. And there's no relationship, you're just greedy. It's like trying to put springs on your wagon to make life more comfortable as you go down the road. No, 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 no. You have to have a relationship with God. He wants a relationship with you, He wants you to know Him. He said, Come to me, all you who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come to me, all you who are in the storms. What kind of storm did you walk in from? He's here and he's ready to meet you in the storm. And he's saying right now, do not be afraid. I can handle anything that you could possibly come up against. Because nothing is impossible for God. Nothing is impossible for him. And he loves you. There is a connection. He loves you. Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life. You're going to work for something. Work for eternity. Don't put your finances in a bank here. Send it ahead to eternity. Invest in God's kingdom, what he's doing in the world, and he'll bless your life. Give freely and God will bless you. I'm not gonna do an altar call for money now. Don't worry, we never do that here. Then they said to him, what shall we do? That we might work the works of God. You might work the works of God. Well, there is no free lunch, you know? We do it the old fashioned way, we earn it. We go to church, we read the Bible. How many verses do I have to read a day? How much money do I have to give? Just how often do I have to go to church? (laughs) to get to heaven? None. Nobody got to heaven by going to church. The only people that get to heaven is because they've surrendered their life to him. And that's what he says. What do we do that we might work the works of God? And he said, this is the work of God, that you believe, that you trust in him that he died on a cross for your sins. All you must do is ask him to forgive your sins and surrender your life to him. And you will live for eternity. That's his intent for every one of us. That's why we're alive. That's why you're in the storm. He wants you to teach you to understand, to be taught that he loves you. And he wants a closer relationship than you have. I was listening to a podcast and the interviewer I'm not really a fan of George Clooney, but he was being interviewed because a friend of his had committed suicide. The guy asked him if he had ever been close to suicide. And Clooney said that he had. And the commentator said, well, do you know any other wealthy? They're all millionaires, movie stars. Not all of them when you start, but Clooney is way beyond a millionaire. He said, do you know any other superstars in entertainment, the television industry, or movies, who might also be in danger of either deliberately or accidentally taking their own life? After a moment of reflection, he answered, I don't know of anyone who is famous who is not in danger, because I don't know a single one who is happy. I don't know a single millionaire who is happy. That's what he was saying. When we were singing our worship songs, I asked Gentry to sing that song just as I am because I wanted to end with the story of the writer of that song. The composer was Charlotte Elliott, 45 years old, an invalid, been in an accident and unable to walk the rest of her life. She was living in Brighton, England at the time and her brother, a pastor, was trying to raise money for poor families. And so he had the idea of doing a bazaar and they were, whole family was busy. It was a large family, A family was huge, but she couldn't do anything. She couldn't get out of bed. And she started getting depressed that she couldn't help. And she was, then she got sick and she was really upset. The following day when the fair was taking place, she was suicidal and she called out to God and God met her. She said she didn't have anything she could do to help her family. She wanted to help. And God gave her this song, word for word Just as I am, without one plea, without one excuse, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou hast bid me to come, come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come. I come just as I am. I can't do any work. I can't earn eternity. All I can do is come to you empty-handed. That's all any of us can do, empty-handed.
0: Come to the Lord as you are. That's the big takeaway message from today's Grow in Grace. And we thank you for studying along with us. Pastor Ed Ray is taking us through John right now. And you can hear it again at thepackinghouse.org. You'll find all of our recently aired programs right there at thepackinghouse.org, as well as an archive of Pastor Ed's messages. We're also on YouTube, and that's a great way to live stream our services or watch recently delivered messages. Search for Packinghouse Christian Fellowship And if you prefer to have a CD copy of today's message, just call toll-free 844-77-GRACE. Again, we're here to serve you at 844-77-GRACE. As we continue to get the word out on stations like this all across the nation, we're looking to our listeners for help. Even a small donation can have a large impact by God's grace, and whatever comes in goes straight to the ministry. When you support Grow in Grace with a gift of any amount today, be sure to request our featured resource. It's a book called Why Revival Tarries by Leonard Ravenhill. This is a no-compromise call to biblical revival and spiritual excellence that we all need to hear. You'll see the great disparity between today's church and the Church of Acts. Again, we're making it available for a gift of any amount. Just give us a call at 844 844- Seven 77 grace That's 844-77-GRACE. Would you like to put a smile on our face? Just shoot us an email and let us know you're listening. It's so helpful to hear if a particular series is benefiting your walk with the Lord. It's encouraging too. Our email address is packinghouseradio at aol.com. That's packinghouseradio at aol.com. We have another study to look forward to in the Gospel of John next time on Growing Grace with Pastor Ed Ray. We'll see you then. This program is listener supported and brought to you by the Packing House Christian Fellowship in Redlands, California. With the blood of my son Selfless sacrifice for everyone Faith, hope, love and harmony I said let this world know me by your love